0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We're getting you set for the Bombers and Tiger Cats, the voices of both teams. We start with Derek Taylor. That's our guy. RJ Broadhead. That's their guy coming up on the podcast. Talk CFL with the voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor. And Derek, before we get into tomorrow night's game, do you like this as the choice for the season opener, BC at Calgary?
1: Oh, I don't mind it. I think it's the, what they were, the West semifinal teams last year. Yeah, it works It works fine for me. It gives us uh, the two best teams in the league on Friday and uh, maybe the two worst teams in the West on Sunday. So we get a little uh, – yeah, I don't mind it at all.
0: You don't think they should do what the NFL does and have the defending champ yeah. open the season at home on opening night?
1: Yeah. I mean, the CFL just on the whole could do better in scheduling storylines as well, right? Like um, – Hamilton Hamilton uh, at Calgary, for example, Bo Levi Mitchell playing at Calgary would probably be a pretty exciting game and one week you get hyped about on the opening Thursday. They could do better. I don't mind this one, but, yeah, you're right. They, to me, they could do better. They've, they've missed a lot of absolute layups in the last few years with their scheduling.
0: All right. Uh, a couple other things that might be uh, sticking in your craw. Are there no live stats for the CFL right now?
1: Yeah. So they are t- they're transitioning from the way they used to do it to genius sports the new one so during the games and and you know well from, from being on the sidelines uh in the last game the game against the riders they're they're not able to transmit live updated stats to their broadcast partners and to fans they would have hey if you want them you can download this pdf while it's happening it'll give you an up to the second pdf but it's not live stats and easily digestible so I've 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 heard from some folks that it's going to be a while before it actually gets done. The CFL sent out a clarification today saying, "Yeah, it's, uh, we've got something planned to k- keep it covered, but it's uh, it's still going to be a bit." So yeah, it's uh, it's troubling. It's trouble. The one thing I can't figure out is uh, and why you don't run the old system and the new system right? side by side until the new system is done.
0: That seems like a. I mean, who, who is doing the tech stuff I I don't know how to do that so I'm not gonna say I can fix it but that seems like a very important thing to not have working because and especially in 2023 and now with the prevalence of gambling and up to the second live betting stats are such a big part of that and you just need to have access to that. Downloading a PDF of live, that that's cumbersome. That's like that's 1998 stuff.
1: Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head with the live betting part. The 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 growth in betting will come from live betting. It's not hey, I can bet on volleyball from the Middle East, right? It's going to be live betting on the sporting event I want to see and I I'd be curious actually to see what's what's happening on some of the sites including the leagues gambling partner uh, when it comes to in-game betting, because if they don't, wherever they're located—be it Vegas or the Isle of Man or England, wherever—if they don't have access to a, a data stream that is up to date and and you know correct and timely, they're not going to offer it. And they're going to lose out on potential revenue. So it's it's not a great look. I I don't I can't criticize too hard because like, like you, I don't know entirely what goes into it, but it's. How is this not correct? How is it not done?
0: And in 2023, like, yeah, it's staggering. How many times we've had to say, you know, that's so CFL. It sucks that we have to say that because it's it's a thing that we've come to accept that there are things that fall through the cracks, whether it was the voting snafu from last year and the all-star ballots Ooh. or this I mean, there there seems to be things that you look at and you kind of scratch your head and think, how did how did they let this happen?
1: Yeah, and it's it doesn't do a great service to their broadcast partners and then the folks who listen and and watch their broadcast partners, right? If we can't be telling you, you know, that oh hey, by the way, Brady Oliveira is now uh, Christian, is that right? Eleven carries for forty-seven yards, is that what we think it is? Because we can't check. Like that's not that's not good for anybody. So. um yeah, I I just it's it's an absolute head scratcher that we tried to dance around for the first couple of preseason games, but in in the first game in Edmonton, Doug and I were in the booth and we're like, yeah, we don't really know exactly how long that carry was because it was yeah, like 20-ish, really I guess. <laughs> exactly. That that second 27 conversion, it was more than 27 because they're moving the chains. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's not It's not something to. It's not. It's not the CFL's proudest uh, week this week. Let's say that.
0: Well, I was saying this earlier in the show. I used to do stats for Bob because the CFL stats site was awful until just a few years ago. I was Mm -hmm. doing it by hand myself. I was trying to keep track of all the yardages, and I was off by you know a couple. And we check at halftime, and I was usually pretty close, but. I mean, th- we should be beyond that. But anyway, the football on the field will still be played, whether or not we can keep exact numbers on what is happening. It still will go ahead. What are you looking forward to the most about tomorrow night?
1: Uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, bowling by Mitchell in a new place and how the Bombers defense will react to bowling by Mitchell in, in said new place. Uh, he's had three years where I was looking back at Bo's 2018 stats and I went, man, these are glorious. Like, including the playoffs. He's over 5,500 yards passing and 40 touchdowns and man hammering the ball down the field and look at these numbers. And then you go through the years and you go, he just became less and less aggressive and less and less good. Pro, you know, my my thought is because of the injuries and then eventually gets benched after week 11 last year. Uh Now it's a new chance and it's a team that has the potential to to do what Bo is good at and really move the ball down the field, they've got the receivers to do it. Uh, I suspect they have the offensive coordinator who will let Bo do it uh, and you know see what to see what he can do and play the game way, game the way that he likes to play. And then how the bombers can respond to that. Are there more chances in that case for Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson to get to the quarterback? And then you have the storylines of a couple of defensive backs: one who was certainly a starter, one who may have been a starter start the season on the 6 game injured list. So how do Demario Houston and Evan Holm, uh, are they going to be uh, eyed by these Calgary receivers? Malik Henry giving them the look of like, I'm going to run right past you and see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see that part of it because I mean, this is the big storyline in free agency slash the trademark. It was Bo leaving Calgary, going to Hamilton and, setting up shop like they look like the favorites in the east at, at you know preseason before a kick has been has been made
0: so in terms of the hamilton side of things and we're going to talk to rj broadhead later on in the show uh, beyond Bo, Le- Bo levi mitchell what do you think the biggest challenge for the bombers will be tomorrow
1: oh let's see um well, their defense – I would have said their defensive front normally, but they have a ton of injuries along that side. Um, they've really – they've revamped their offensive line, and I know Chris Van Ziles on the six-game injured list, but after after years of struggling with, okay, we need somebody at left tackle, they went and got Joel Figueroa from, from BC, which I thought was a terrific move because they have really solid in interior threesome in Hamilton. But now you get you get, in my mind, an absolutely rock-solid – Top tier left tackle. When Van Zyl's back, you're you're pretty set on that. If you can come back, it is year what fifteen for Van Zyl, fourteen. I, I really like what they've done in that offensive line. They've had some losses in their defensive backfield, so they're got to make up stuff in that. They add Jameer Thurman in their linebacking core. They add pieces in their defensive line, uh, but the six game injury list swallowing a few of those up. So yeah, their their offensive line. So how are how are they going to get? to them because last season it was uh, distinctly less blitzing from Richie Hall than it was the year before Adam Big Hill would drop into coverage a lot more. And I kind of took that as a sense of, we're not sure how well we cover back there if we don't drop our middle linebackers. So we're going to have to do that. How, how can they find a way to get after the Hamilton quarterback? Because yeah, if, everything on that front looks really nice.
0: If you're a fan of either of these teams, are you happy that this is your first opponent, or would you rather start out with a Montreal or a, an Edmonton?
1: I think, I mean, I'd probably rather start with guaranteed win night, right? Hey, throw me throw me Montreal. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's go give one to the Alouettes for sure. But you know what? you got to play everybody. Well, you have to play almost everybody. So I, I think you, you just appreciate the fact that if Hamilton wins this game, if they beat the... Were they were fifteen and three? B, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. and Hamilton wins it. I think their fan base is going to love the fact that they started with uh, with Winnipeg in Winnipeg because wouldn't that set the tone for a season uh, going into uh, you know the three time Grey Cup representatives' house and taking one away from them? Yeah, I uh, for me, I might like a little softer start, a little fifty to ten against the Montreal Alouettes, but. Uh, you can only do what the CFL gives you.
0: All right, elephant in the room time. Nationalized Americans, go.
1: Oh, man. So we will explain it tomorrow in the broadcast. The designated and it will take nationalized- the entire
0: pregame show, right?
1: Yeah, it's going to be two hours. Uh, we'll explain it, and then I, uh, I swear we're never going to talk about it again. Because with the Bombers, for their part, they made Janary and Grant their nationalized American, and they can do so because Grant. Is a backup player who fits the definition of nationalized American. Other teams don't have a, de- a backup player that does, so they make the starter their designated nationalized American, right? So that leads to the oh, Kadeem Carey, the superstar running back of the Calgary Stampeders, is not the starter, or Dominic Rhymes, or Duke Williams. These starting receivers are not the starter for their team. It's just it's it's malarkey. It's just malarkey, and we'll explain it. We'll go through the twenty-three snaps thing. We'll talk about why they do it and what options the Bombers will have. I can see a couple options they have going forward, but then, I, then I hope we never talk about it again because all it is is a way to eliminate Canadians from a starting position without actually eliminating one of the one of the seven plus one Canadian roster spots, and it's. It was one of the more confounding things of the CBA negotiations that that led to the strike last year was, man, both sides want to get rid of Canadians? This isn't good for – I don't like this at all. I did not like it, and now that we have to do it – you know me, I like numbers and, and logic puzzles as much as the next guy, but this
0: is just nonsense. It seems like everyone hates it. Am I wrong?
1: Well, I think every fan hates it and everybody hates uh, – I think Coach – well, actually, Mike Michael O'Shea Michael doesn't like it. <laughs> No, he said no one asked me, and I, I there's I can tell you he and I haven't talked about it, but we he talked around it, and I can tell you he does not like it at all because it's not it, it doesn't really benefit coaching staffs, and it's not easy to implement, and blah blah blah. It's just it's bad. But both sides agreed that it was good to get fewer Canadians in the game, which I hate, and they found this to be the way to do it, which is just. It's nonsense. Someone has to count. Oh, okay, Janarian Grant, this won't happen, but Janarian Grant has been in for 18 snaps, coach. You have five snaps left on offense. You have three snaps left on offense. You have only one snap left on offense. Oh, wait, we're going to overtime. Not too bad, you've only got 23 snaps to play with. It's just, I get what you're trying to do. I get that the big part of negotiations in the CBA was we need to reduce the number of Canadian starters. I hate that both both sides thought that was a good idea and agreed to it. And I doubly hate that this is the way they did it. I would have rather seen six six true Canadians plus two nationalized Americans as opposed to this seven plus one plus two that can take 23 snaps. And the CFL has an option to make it three players that can take 23 snaps in 2024. It just, it's just – it's awful. It's bad. so bad. <laughs> All
0: right. Quickly – before I let you go, prediction for tomorrow night, if you don't mind. Uh,
1: I, I'm going to say moderately high-scoring game. Uh, Winnipeg offense is as explosive as we thought it would be, despite the fact that Hamilton isn't a bad team. And I'm going to go, <sighs> Winnipeg, what's a nice number in the low 30s? Uh, Winnipeg, 30, how do you get to 32? Winnipeg, uh, say Winnipeg, 32, Hamilton, uh, 27. Um, yeah. At 59 you, points for the over, yeah. and, and Winnipeg gets to the 30s. Yeah, let's go there.
0: You don't need to worry about how they get there. It's a CFL. Anything's possible.
1: <laughs> That's very true. No, no scoregummies
0: in the CFL.
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, I can't wait to see this Bombers' offense. Right? Like, even without Kenny Lawler, oh man, it could. It's going to be the number one offense in the league if if things click even even moderately correctly. It's going
0: to be great. Oh well, Derek, looking forward to it. We'll see you at the game tomorrow. Sounds good, brother. Voice of the Bombers, Derek Taylor, joining us. Pre-game coverage begins at 5:30. They'll take some time to talk about the nationalized American rule. Kickoff just after 7:30 on CJOB. All right, we continue our preview now of tomorrow's season opener with the voice of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That would be RJ Broadhead. Uh, RJ, what's the feeling of excitement in the city of Hamilton about the 2023 Tiger Cats?
2: Yeah, it's it's huge, Christian. It's it's. So this is my third year doing the play-by-play for the Tiger Cats. And this is the the biggest hype expectations that I've seen on the team. Of course, the Grey Cup's going to be in Hamilton. So a lot of fans, in fact, all of them want the team to be there. But I think it surrounds Bowley by Mitchell arriving in Hamilton as well. There's a lot of optimism with that. He's looked amazing in training camp. He has a presence about him. So... The fact that Tiger Cats are hosting the Grey Cup on paper, they look fantastic. And Bo Levi-Mitchell, is he the the Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that we've all come to know over the years? I think he still is. And we're going to find that out and we'll get a good taste of it uh, against the Bomers and see.
0: As we know, the CFL, very quarterback-driven league, if you don't have a good quarterback, it's tough to win. And part of that's why they went out and got Bo Levi-Mitchell there of course are questions around the league about does he still have it but in dealing with them so far have you noticed a, a chip on his shoulder perhaps a, a, a really driven bow and in what in, in talking to him so far
2: I, I would say more so he's driven than a, than a chip on his shoulder I, I think he's he's reverted back in time he's youthful and excited and I talked to him yesterday and and that's what he said he has a rejuvenated energy about him you know it's funny last season if you look at his statistics compared to Jake Mayer's they're very close there's not a a huge difference there and maybe it was time for Calgary to, to move on to Mayer but he always had Bo Levi Mitchell on the sidelines, a Hall of Fame quarterback. If anything didn't go wrong, you could go out, you could take chances. Maybe it's not a big deal because if it doesn't work, Bo will come in and could clean up the match. He doesn't have that anymore. So we'll see what happens in Calgary. Maybe Jake Mayer will be amazing. But from what I've seen from Bo Levi Mitchell, it. Might have been premature to remove him as the starter because he has been terrific. We've only seen two series in the preseason that he played in, but looked very, very good. If you look at the statistics, he was three for six, but I think it was three drops. The ball was right there, so he would have been perfect in passing, and he threw a touchdown, and that was all that he needed to see and the coaching staff needed to see. So I, I'm excited. He has, as I mentioned before, just a, a real presence about him. And he's come in. He's taken charge in a good way. He can critique players in a good way. He can compliment in a good way. It's just been great to have him around. And there's the players talk about it a lot, a, a culture with the Tiger Cats. And Bo has come in and, and has fit right in and has taken a leadership role immediately. I can't wait for the game because uh, I'm uh, extremely optimistic on what he's going to be able to do for the Tiger Cats this season.
0: What about the weapons he has to work with on offense?
2: Yeah, good question. It's uh, it, the, the word that everybody's using on the offensive side is options. Lots of options. Tim White, he had the most receptions in the league last season, and he's looking in to build on a... a you know, he's only been in the league two years. This is just his third year. So he's he's learned a lot over his first two seasons. He should be a, a number one threat. Uh, of course, Duke Williams, it's been interesting to watch him in camp. He's almost, you know, like a veteran guy. He is a veteran guy, but how they take it easy at the start of camp and then things start to ramp up as the regular season arrives. So uh, I expect Duke Williams to be heavily used. Terry Godwin, he, he's played a little bit last year, but he looked really good against Montreal, had a one-handed catch, had a touchdown. Omar Bayless, he had a really good camp. The Canadian receivers, Keandre Smith, Chris Osakusi, he's now with Hamilton and Tr- Tyler Turnowski. But the guy I'm really excited to see is James Butler, the running back they got from BC. Because the running game last year, Christian, you'll remember for the Tiger Cats was not very good, not terribly effective. And that makes it easy when you're a fairly one dimensional team for defenses to key on you. So with James Butler in the backfield, a revamped offensive line, I think that the Tiger Cats using the word options is is a valid one going into this season. I think they have a ton of them on offense and and that'll make it difficult to defend.
0: Let's go to the defensive line. It already looked pretty good. And then they got Jonathan Kongbo from BC recently. How strong is this pass rush going to be this year?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's going to be really good. Uh, Dylan wins a big part of it, but he's going to be injured to start the season. But he's out there working out every day. Ja'Garrett Davis back, and <laughs> we, we all know it's uncanny how he, he just plays in the Grey Cup every year. So statistically, that bodes well for the Tiger Cats. Uh, Casey sales. You're very familiar with him in, in Winnipeg. So he's going to start at a defensive tackle Malik Carney. He was tied for the league lead in, or sorry, the team lead in sacks with seven last year and Mo Diallo. He's a, a national nose tackle. He's someone to watch this season. He hasn't played a lot. Injuries have hampered him, but we've, we've talked to the strength and conditioning coaches and his, his strength is off the charts. He might not even know how strong he is. And when you're talking about a football team, you're talking about strong guys and a name like Mo Diallo gets mentioned immediately. You got to be a pretty strong guy when you're one of the strongest on a football team. So he'll be fun to watch. And he might be, it might be his season to emerge. So, I think uh, quarterbacks will be under a bit of pressure. It'll be tough to run against the Tiger Cats again. And, um, you know, the line's probably going to get better when Dylan Wynn gets healthy. So uh, a lot to look forward to for the Tiger Cats, but they know they'll have a tough test against the Bombers.
0: And then finally, before we uh, get into the matchup, what what does the secondary look like this year, especially getting up against the, the best quarterback in the league in week one?
2: Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> You know, it's funny, Christian, in the off season, when Cariel Brooks, Jamal Rolls, Siante Evans, three of the five guys back there left the Tiger Cats because it was pretty good secondary last year. It, there was a bit of concern, and how do you fill that void? Well, they still have Tunde Adelake at safety and, and Richard Leonard, who was an all-star last year. Lawrence Woods, who was their kick returner and very effective at that, he will still return kicks and punts but he's going to play the field side corner. So he's got that speed out there. He's excited about it. They brought in Javian and Elliott from Calgary. He didn't play a lot. He had an injury, but he has almost 60 games of NFL experience. And Kenneth George Jr. who has some NFL experience as well. He's about 6'1", 186 pounds, says he's in the best shape of his life, and he, he's going to play the boundary corner. So he'll be new at that position in the CFL, but he picked up a a lot of valuable information in the preseason, as do most of the American players who've never played the CFL game with the bigger field. So it'll be, there's a lot of changes back there, but arguably the secondary might be better than it was last year. Time will tell.
0: So how do you think the Cats match up against Winnipeg?
2: <laughs> well, Winnipeg, we all know it's a, it's a tough place to play. I think, two regular season losses at home in the last three seasons. So it's uh, it's a tough test for the Tiger Cats, no doubt, going into game one. It, it's one of those where I really think Winnipeg's going to win the West and I think Hamilton's going to win the East. But in game one, you can kind of only go on on reputation and what you've seen before. There's no real tape from this season, so it's it's going to be – trying a few plays from both teams, but probably sticking to what has worked in the past. So, you know, Orlando Steinauer, Mike O'Shea, they know each other well. They know the coaching staffs well. They know the teams well. I think it's going to be a great football game. I think for both teams, it'll be a good test to see where they sit going into this season, because I think there's a lot of preseason predictions that go along with what I said earlier about Winnipeg winning the West and Hamilton winning the East, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a pretty good matchup.
0: Now, the the prognostications, as you mentioned, have these two teams perhaps being the best two teams in the CFL. If you're Hamilton, do you like that early test, or would you rather figure things out a bit with the new quarterback before you have to face Winnipeg?
2: Yeah, yeah it's probably in all honesty, if if you're talking to the players and the coaches, they, they would say that. You know, it would be nice to see a little bit of video on the Bombers and and work on a few things with the new quarterback, pretty much a new offense, a lot of different players on defense. But with uh, Orlando Steinauer, I'm sure a lot like Mike O'Shea, it's next game up. This is what's on the schedule so this is, we're excited. That's exactly the game we want right now. It's the uncontrollable factors that Coach O always talks about. So, uh, you know, in a perfect world, you probably would like to do a little more research. But on the flip side, hey, see where you're at, at game one for both teams. This is, you can't get a, a better matchup as far as the the uh, predictions on paper go. We'll see what happens on the field, though.
0: Uh, we've been talking a bit lately in Winnipeg about this new nationalized American rule and trying to figure out depth charts, and no one really kind of gets it. Do you get it?
2: <laughs> it's hilarious that you asked me that, Christian, because Luke, former Tiger Cat, who does the color commentating with me, we just did a, a podcast on the Tie Cats Audio Network, and prior to going on, we, we were discussing it. And we were talking to Brandon Treader, who's the head of communications for the Tiger Cats. It it is a confusing rule. So basically, from the easiest way, from my perspective, doing play-by-play for the Tiger Cats is it has to be the depth charts on paper are delivered a certain way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other players won't see the bulk of the time. For example, The uh, Tiger Cats uh, on the field side, one of the slot back positions, have Omar Bayless as the starter and Duke Williams as the backup, but the designated American. But I think we all know Duke Williams is going to play the majority of time. So um, I, I, I don't fully understand it. And at this point of the season, I don't have to. (laughs) I don't know who keeps track of this in the CFL. Like who's going to count how many snaps certain players are are out there. That would be probably down on my list of jobs with uh, a team bus driver in downtown Montreal. So uh, it's, it's not not an easy job to try to figure out how many snaps each player has been out there. And, as play-by-play, I just have to focus on who actually is on the field. So, um, yeah, it, it's a confusing one. I'm sure it'll start to make a little more sense as the season goes on. But if you understand it, please explain it to me.
0: No, no. Uh, I'm, just, I'm in the same boat as you where we're just trying to understand it. I think once we see it in, in practice, I guess, it, it'll start to make a little bit more sense. But it seems like right now everyone's a little bit baffled by it, which if you're a CFL fan and there's a new rule and no one seems to grasp it, maybe the rule's not great.
2: <laughs> so true. So true. I always say that about uniforms is, uh, you know, they always think play by play guys are complaining, can't see the numbers. Well, if the numbers aren't visible to us, some fans aren't going to be able to see them up in the stands either. And if the fan can't see his favorite player out there, or maybe future favorite player, if they have a great game and you go to one game, you got to maybe do something with the numbers. So it's uh, yeah, it's, the, the role is uh, a tad confusing, and I'm I'm hoping it does start to clear up as the season goes on.
0: Well, RJ, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Safe journeys to Winnipeg. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Christian.
0: RJ Broadhead, voice of the Tiger Cats, joining us here tonight. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like are available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine, so farewell, until we meet again. So
1: and thanks for all the so sad that we should come to this, we try to warn you all the day. you may not share
0: our intellect, which might explain